Jack Lewis Jewelers in beautiful Bloomington, Illinois. This is the pre-proposal show for dating couples designed to make diamond engagement ring shopping easy, understandable, and fun. This is the Carter Cast. The star of the show is Jack Lewis Jewelers CEO, John Carter, and I'm your host, Joshua Schull. Today, we dive into the four C's as Carter tries to sell me a diamond. Even if you don't know a thing about diamonds, you've probably heard of the four C's, or at least seen them come up when you've Googled diamonds for the first time. But what are they? And are they really that important? In part one of our conversation, Carter and I talk about the first two C's, color and clarity, the extent to which each one matters, and why smart shoppers know these are the areas where you can save a little money. After this episode, that smart shopper will be you. Let's go. This is the Carter Cast, the pre-engagement show for dating couples designed to make diamond engagement ring buying easy, understandable, and fun. You can get the four C's anywhere, but only here can you get the fifth C called Carter. I'm Josh. This is CGA GG, current president of the AGS and Jacqueline Stewart CEO, John Carter. Hello. Carter, welcome once again to your show. Hey, we're here to talk about... Thank you for um, welcoming. <laughs> welcome to my store. We're here to talk about our favorite topic, um, which is diamonds, di- diamond buying, um, yes. and all, all of those sorts of things. Uh, best, but, best thing I do every day. It really is. Yeah. But first... Love it. But first... Yes. Let's pop the question. Oh. What hmm. is the bottom portion of a diamond called? A... The inclusion, B, the pavilion, or C, the Kardashian? I really want it to be C. Pavilion or the Kardashian. But it actually is the pavilion. The pavilion. uh, We will accept that. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. That is is the correct answer. If I was wrong, I should be fired from my own show. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. So this episode, um, you're going to try to sell me a diamond. So I don't know anything about diamonds. We'll start there. So I'm I'm a customer. I walk in. Yeah. And what like what's the first thing that happens to me? What what's the first question you ask me or the first thing that happens to me when I when I walk in here? Obviously the first thing when somebody walks through the door is we would we would greet them. We would say good afternoon. We would say good morning. Why do you do that, by the way? Why do we greet them? Yeah. Well, because it would just be awkward if they just came in and we just started opening cases and showing them things, right? Well, but I mean like if they just do, do people ever think that like they're being attacked or like they're just pouncing on them as soon as they walk in the door. No, because we're not aggressive about it. We just say, good afternoon. What brings you in today? What can we I remember when I was, when I was younger and went to this thing called the mall. Have you heard of the mall? The mall. Yeah. Uh, there was a store called the buckle and Ooh. we used to have a contest of, can you get to the back wall of the buckle before someone like, no talks to you? About they, would, they would like trip you. There. <laughs> that, that's what I mean. So, yeah. so I've always wondered like what the, what the thinking is when people, as soon as people walk in, you greet them, but you've explained it. Like it's, again, it's a, it's a small store. It's a locally owned store. You want to say hi. Like it's, not, you're not you're not coming out to pounce on people. You're just, well, you even have somebody come into your house and, and, and not, not say and anything. Let them just wander around and you know, go, <laughs> right. go check out the bathroom and things like that. You know, you oh, would, I'm just browsing. You would at least greet them yeah. and then they would just say, I need to go to the restroom. Oh, well, here you go. Exactly. It's right there. Exactly. So that's the first thing that happens to me. I'll come in, you greet me, you say hello. How do you, like, what do you kind of ask them what they're there for? Do you wait until they say, hey, I'm here for a diamond? Like, how does that typically work that you eventually get to... I'm here for diamonds. I'm here for engagement rings, that kind of thing. Typically, we'll just say, what brings you in today? Okay. And we'll bring somebody over to the, if they say, I'm looking for a ring. That's typically what I say. That's, that's usually the line. Then we have to decide. Yeah. That's I'm looking for a ring. A ring. We know that that generally means the yeah. ring. Yes. And that, and uh, then, okay. Do you mean engagement ring? You mm-hmm. mean, yes. Mm-hmm. You mean engagement ring. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, the initial conversation, this takes place, is they'll come in as a couple. Yeah. Right. It'll be them together. And we, we understand that means they're generally there. So... You know, they both have an idea of you, what it is they want that engagement ring to look like. Do you prefer that 
them together or would you rather talk with one of them separately? Do you have a preference or? I wouldn't say that we have a preference. I would say that that initial, I think some people sometimes feel funny if they come in together. And yeah. They shouldn't because that gives us a really good idea of what it is that they want that engagement ring to look like. And then the person buying it, it's not a mystery. Well, but maybe they wanted it to be the mystery, which is why they would assume. But it still can be because you still can get it to a point where you have it narrowed down. By the time we get done with that conversation, which might take a half hour, might take an hour, might, right. take, might take a couple hours. And that's right. fine. Uh, you end up with some, you end up with three or four choices, sometimes five or six, you know, kind of what the shape of the diamond is going to be. Is it going to be a apprentice cut? Is it going to be a round? Is it going to be an oval? Right. And then. It's always, as I always say in those conversations, it's perfectly acceptable to say, I would be equally happy with any of these. And then right. that's kind of your yeah. surprise. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So, for sure. you know, you, but at least the person buying it then has a really general idea like, oh, she really wants the ring to look this way. Right. The, the, you might have four or five different styles, but they all probably have some sort of theme in common. Sure. So I don't know anything about diamonds and I come in here and, and I, I assume, again, I, I say, okay, I'm looking for a ring. Where do you bring me? I assume you bring me to the, the diamond case first, because other cases, there's the rings, uh, mm -hmm. there's wedding bands, there's other kinds of diamonds. Like, how do you get a sense of like where you bring people and what you want to start showing them? Like, how do you know where you want to start with Typically, them? Typically, we'll ask. When, 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 when they don't know. We'll ask a couple of questions right away. We'll okay. say, um, we'll, we might say, or we might say, what have you seen online? Mm. Have you seen any engagement rings that, that speak to you? Because at this point, you assume that they've probably done that. They've probably looked. Yeah. Yeah. There's, look, every... This is not just in the jewelry industry of just about every purchase of any sort of significant value begins online mm -hmm. today. It yep. just does. I do it. You do it. Mm -hmm. Everybody does that. That is a very logical place yep. to start. Uh, one of the things that is most helpful for us to know kind of where to go and like most of our, our team will ask this question. Uh, can you show us any any rings that you've pinned mm. or what what have you uh, have you posted anything on Instagram? Or right. what, what's caught your eye? Pinterest in particular yeah. is a fantastic place because Usually they have some sort of a board started already of it might be other things that are part right. of that bridal idea too. It sure. might, be, might be wedding dresses. It mm -hmm. might be tuxedos. It might be cakes and, and, and other things. There's typically all sorts of things on, on there that, that you can get a pretty good feel for the person, the personality of the person that the ring uh, is going to be the recipient of the ring. Right. And that is, that can happen whether or not they're, they're there together or not. Sometimes sure. if, if uh, the significant other comes in mm -hmm. with, with, without her for that initial Right. Conversation. Sometimes we can go straight to social media. Absolutely. It's, it's just yeah. go face stalker, pull up her Pinterest to figure that's out. It. That's it. I mean, you know, hey, look, she's probably got something on there. It's she's sort like, of worth it to get the, you know, for a ring that she's going to wear every day for the rest of her life. Yes. It's, it's pretty important to pay yep. attention to those details. So that's helpful to know that, that you've already got some things figured out just through experience that if I come in here, I don't know anything that you're going to at least have some suggestions like that. Like, well, have you checked her social media? Do you know what kinds of things she likes? You're going to help me start thinking about it in the way that, would be productive. Yep. All right. So if I'm a complete inexperienced novice, the one thing I might know that I should care about are the so-called four C's. Right. I've seen that I should ask about those. I don't know why. I just know they're supposed to be important. And I'm probably going to nod and smile as, as you talk about them, pretending I know what you're saying, but I really don't. So why are, why are those important? What are the four C's and why should I even care about them? So the four C's are important because okay. if you go back several decades, when diamond retailers were selling diamonds to the general public, there was no consistent nomenclature assigned to quality of a diamond. Mm -hmm. So you would just walk into a, a jewelry store, say in the 19, at the turn of the century or the 1920s, mm -hmm. and you would buy a diamond that was a one carat, and you would really have no 
universal idea of what that diamond was graded as. We take it today as as a given that a diamond is going to come with a grading report. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, in order to have a grading report, somebody had to come up with consistent nomenclature so that every retail jeweler wasn't just using their own terminology to describe this as an A-quality diamond and this was a double A. Well, this right. guy's double A meant something different from that. So it's, it's extremely important because the four Cs, which of course is cut, color, clarity, and carat weight, okay. Those are all based on that. It's important to to focus on those initially because they're all about rarity, meaning a high color diamond is rarer than a lower color diamond. Hence, it should be more expensive. Mm -hmm. Not always, but almost always. Generally, it depends how a diamond was bought and then how it's being sold. But for the most part, an E color diamond should be more expensive than, say, an I or a J color diamond. Okay. Stands to reason. Same thing with, with clarity. So we'll talk about that. So it mm-hmm. is extremely important. We can thank our friends at, at, at the Gemological Institute of America and uh, for coming up with the nomenclature that we all use today, which is cut, color, clarity, and care. So the four C's are a, a consistent way. Universally, globally accepted way to, to grade diamonds. To uh, With the goal of trying to identify the rarity of, of a diamond. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. And it's all... And we'll talk about this a little bit when we get into each individual category, but it's extremely important uh, in determining what you should pay for a diamond. Now, having said that, it's not necessarily extremely important when buying the diamond, meaning I don't like it when somebody walks in and says, I got to have this color and I got to have this this clarity. Mm. It's got to be this and this, right? Mm. By doing so, my advice to every consumer is don't do that. <laughs> because because my advice is don't don't and it's normal <laughs> yeah. right like that's normal sure. I would do the same thing but what you're doing is you're pigeonholing yourself and you're taking some potentially gorgeous diamonds off the table because they didn't meet your pre- preconceived notions of what because of what you read in yeah. an article online which has nothing to do with the sparkly diamond that's in your face yep but because you've allowed yourself to be led and said, oh, I got to have an FG color and it's got to be. And not that there's anything wrong with those. Things, right. But, but you yeah. want it. I'm not saying you have to open it up to the whole thing. But the reality of looking at diamonds in person and reading about diamonds on yeah. your computer screen are two entirely different things. We're baseball fans. It's, it's like sabermetrics versus the eye test. Like you just got to watch somebody play. You know if your team is bad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. But by watching them play, you'll pick up. You and I are Cardinal fans, so we don't have a lot of that. <laughs> so that's an outline of the four C's. Yeah. So let's try to sell me a diamond. Okay. How would you do it? Like to start. So I'm all right. I am I am a noob. I'm coming in here. I've told you, yeah, I, I, I love my girlfriend. It's the right time. I want to do this. I have no idea where to start. We've looked at, you know, her Pinterest board maybe real mm-hmm. quick. Mm-hmm. Um where where do you go? What's the what's the first thing you, you tell me about to try to sell me? Tell me this diamond or, or inform me about this diamond that I want to buy. So the first thing that I would do is we have our, our chart here from Gemological Institute of America, GIA. Okay. Okay. There's reference GIA several times in the yes. diamond presentation, as well as when we get to talking about cut, we'll talk about uh, AGS in, in particular okay. because that's, that's an extremely important detail. All right. So the first thing that I would do is I really would kind of go in, in somewhat some order here. I would for sure talk about color first. Okay. It's important to note. Josh, since you're the customer. I am. I don't know anything about this. Because every salesperson loves to role play, and I'm going to do it on camera. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Um, Exactly right. So we're talking about- Should I have like a fake mustache? Like 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 a a hat and glasses? I should. I should have had, yeah. My alter ego. Would have been better. I should have come up with one. Would have been better. Next time, do the show better, would you? (laughs) 
Let's go on. This is going great. This so, is going great. <laughs> so right. when we talk about color, yes. we mean either the absence or the presence of yellow, usually. Okay. But diamonds can also be colored by shades of brown, okay. shades of gray. You can also have fancy colored diamonds, which diamonds, not well known. Diamonds can be just about any color that you can think of. But what I'm thinking of when I want to get for my girlfriend is probably a white Colorless, like what, what's the right word? Are those what you colorless, refer to them as? Colorless, colorless, near colorless diamonds. Okay. We'll talk about what that means, but it's important to note that when we talk about color, color also can be other things, right? Okay. That's probably for an entirely different Maybe. episode, but for the conversation. What episode? I'm just a customer. I don't know what you're talking about. That, that's true. Is I'm there sorry. a show here? There's what's? A... Don't be difficult. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah, so, so color. No, yeah. let's smack a customer. <laughs> Yeah, would you tell a customer don't be difficult? No, What's that's going true. On? I wouldn't. I right. think I'll, so. get, I'll get back into you uh, love You love role playing on camera. <laughs> I'll get back into role playing. <laughs> so when we talk about color, we mean uh -huh. the absence of the presence of yellow. Okay. Almost always. Sometimes in these conversations, it can be brown or gray okay. too, but gray is is fairly rare and brown is much rarer than, okay. than, than yellow. So what causes the yellow? Right. Yeah. Right. Nitrogen. Okay. The more nitrogen gas that's trapped inside the diamond, the more yellow it will be. And when I say to customers, we're talking about yellow. I don't mean when you look at a diamond and you see a flash of yellow when I turn the diamond. Right. All that is, is the colors of the spectrum. So when a, when a ray of light comes into the diamond yep. and it leaves, yep. what you're seeing, if your eyeball, you know, goes red, orange, yellow, blue, you'll see yellow, a lot blue, of blue, indigo, violet, right? If your eye is down here and you see that flash of color, you're just seeing that yellow color okay. of, the, of the, the spectrum of light. Right? right. Yep. That's not what we're talking about when okay. we talk about yellow. You're talking about the overall body color of that diamond will be yellow. It's almost like if you took a glass of lemonade and you diluted it with more water, right? Okay. The clearer it is, the whiter it will be. Okay. It starts with D is the most colorless of all diamonds. Why? Why Don't not? ask me why it starts at D. Don't ask me why it doesn't start at A, because it just starts at D. A, B, C. Really, the main reason is because the, the thing ends at Z. Okay. So if it didn't start at A, it would end okay. higher up in the scale. So you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, it goes yeah. D through Z. Okay. D is the most colorless of all diamonds. Which I would assume means it's the most rare, which means That's it's probably correct. the hardest to find, hardest to get. That's correct. The question I'll probably ask yeah. is, in addition to why should I care about any of this, which we'll get there in a second, but right. how what determines that? Like, why is some diamonds yellower and some are less yellow. The way. amount of nitrogen. Well, right. But how, how does the nitrogen get there? Like what, how does that work? So diamonds are, um, it'll make more sense probably when we talk about clarity, Okay. but as diamonds formed, obviously they're formed. It's, it's one of the interesting things about diamonds is they, they know a lot about the formation of the earth because of diamonds. Okay. Because diamonds were formed in the mantle okay. and it's the only thing that we really have from the mantle, right. To, mm -hmm. to, to talk about, formation and, and the way that the, the earth is, is composed. So okay. diamonds make their way up to the crust through volcanic eruptions. Okay. So now imagine that. So a diamond is formed in the very hostile environment of the mantle, which is high pressure, high temperature, right? right? And it has to survive that process. Yeah. So s certain things won't survive the process with the diamond, okay. right? That's why you can, you won't see too many different types of other minerals trapped inside of a diamond because they typically won't survive that formation process. And then on top of it, it also has to survive a very violent eruption mm -hmm. to get to the Earth's surface. Right. And they can only be found in what we call kimberlite pipes, which are volcanic pipes. They're kind of cone-shaped. As they mine them, they go down. Okay. Right? They're, they're larger at the top, and then they go down like this. The host rock, which is a volcanic rock, is called kimberlite. Okay. And then the diamonds are trapped inside of that. So to answer your question, this yeah. is not at all what you asked me. Not even close. But 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 what you asked me about the, the gas being trapped inside yeah. the, the diamond, the nitrogen obviously would survive that process. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. 
It does. So, and so it's mostly just like a, a random fluke chance, though. Like some are going to have most less, customers don't interrupt more. this much. This is <laughs> I don't. I don't really. I don't know what's going on. They, but see, they, why I, are you sabotaging my show? They, <laughs> they would interrupt. Why don't you want people could. to know about diamonds? Go on, please. <laughs> All right, please then. take the reins of your own show back. I will. <laughs> so. We talk about this is your first buying tip, Josh. I'm trying to give you a first buying tip as a way to save money. Now, D, E, and F, we classify when we're grading diamonds as the colorless range. What I don't like about that is if an F was truly colorless, Mm -hmm. wouldn't it be a D? I would think so. If an E was truly colorless, wouldn't it also be a D? Yes. But what this means is you don't actually notice the color difference in a D to an F to a trained grader Mm -hmm. or a gemologist like me. I won't see the color difference between a D, an E, and an F if I put all three side by side if I look at the diamond from the face up position. Okay. So meaning if I'm looking at it from this direction, right, which is how we use, we're used to looking at a diamond, right. it's head on. That's how my girlfriend would look at it and her friends would look at it. That's correct, right? So we actually grade color, and you can, can't probably see it on camera, but on this chart, you'll see that the diamonds are actually flipped upside down and we're looking at it from the side. Okay. That's how I would decipher hmm. the difference between a D and an E and an F is I would look at it from the side right. and I would use a set of diamonds that I have in the back called master diamonds, okay. meaning I have one that's certified as to be, is graded to be a D. Okay. I have one that's graded to be an F. So yep. if I have a diamond that has not as much color as the F, mm-hmm. but less color than, or more color than, than the D, right. it fits right in the middle. I know it's got to be an E. Hmm. That's how you notice subtle color differences. So I ask you, Mr. Customer. Yeah. If a D and E and an F all look identical, why do you need to spend the money on the D or the E? I you don't, don't. need to answer that because <laughs> it's very logical. You might not. So it's really like this first tip of like, oh, I could save money on that. Right. Right. And, and this is, again, what I said earlier is the difference between reading this on your computer screen versus right. just seeing well, and one, uh, again, one so From my perspective as, as the customer, like I... Yeah. When I'm thinking about these things, okay, from a D to an F to we'll go down the line to an M or an N, like, I think I'm going to be concerned about what will be noticeable. Yeah. Like, what will she see? Like, will she know that I've got her a yellowish diamond? Mm. And at what grade will that start to become more apparent? Right. That, that might be a question that's on my mind. Like, I, I don't want to go too low and yellow where yeah. it's noticeable with the naked eye. It's interesting so, because it will depend on other factors. Okay. Uh, in particular, cut. Okay. So, if I go down, I just want to go to one next category on yep. the color. Let's move on. It's called... G, H, I, and J, okay. right? So the next four grades of color. Okay. Those four grades are lumped together. If the first three are lumped together as colorless, mm-hmm. the next four would stand to reason those are called near colorless, okay. right? And what that means is from the face up position, yep. again, from this way, a grader like me will see subtle differences from a G to an H to an I to a J. Okay. You can see it with your naked eye. Now, my experience yeah. with the average consumer at the diamond counter is Mm -hmm. most people have a hard time discerning color. Not everybody, because some people are more sensitive to color than others, Mm -hmm. but most people can start to pick up color in that like IJ range. Okay. Okay. So when compared to one that like one of your master diamonds, it's a D or an E or. Well, what's funny is once we, or just not even comparison, just to be able to see it. Yeah. Well, generally the first diamond I'll show somebody is like a J. Okay. J or a K. Gotcha. Because it's important to remember, and everybody, and I'll say, does it look like there's anything offensive about that color to you? And right. they'll say, no, it looks beautiful. It's, right. cut, it's bright, sparkly, right? Mm-hmm. So all the things you would associate with a diamond, I'll say, oh, well, that's actually a low color. It's a J color. By some people's standards, that's considered to be low. And that might be helpful for somebody who might be a customer who comes in, like the one you described earlier, who says, I need, a, I need an E. Like, I need yeah. to have an E. And you might just start off with something else to be like, well, here's here's this. How can you tell? And then 
you reveal that it's actually a J or something. Yeah. Right. And maybe exactly. they see that. That's why oh, you don't want to, again, pigeonhole. Right. You don't want to pigeonhole right. yourself and say, got to have this and it's got to be this because the right. reality, yes, if I put the J next to the E, you are 100% for sure going to see the color difference between those two diamonds. Sure. But then it's a question of what does reality do to the price point right. of that diamond versus the other? And then is it worth it? Sure. Yep. So, uh, again, this is we're just here to tell these things. We're not here right. to help the client decide what's important to them. It's right. just, okay, when they kind of get to their threshold, like, eh, I'm really not comfortable getting that much yellow in a diamond. That's right. where we start to talk about gotcha. other factors. Okay. So, does that make sense? So, yeah. again, color is so subtle, mm -hmm. particularly in high grades, that the diamond has to be flipped upside down and viewed from the side, which is not the way you view diamonds. Correct. Right? Gotcha. Clarity. Mm -hmm. An interesting term mm -hmm. is the word inclusion. Yes. Right? Inclusion. So inclusions. And so. Inclusions. Inclusions. So inclusions yep. or an inclusion, depending upon the diamond, it might have many, it might have hardly any. Mm -hmm. We grade inclusions, which are things that were trapped on the inside of the diamond as it was formed. Hence, it was included in the growth process. When you, say, when you say things, what, 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 what are inclusions? So like what are they? Generally, the most common would be, well, some of the most common would be, as far as another host material would be, a diamond that's trapped inside of the diamond. You what? A, yeah, you can have a diamond crystal trapped inside of the diamond. It's very I didn't common. know that. Yeah, and it's, sometimes they can be quite beautiful. I mean, you know this because I'm a gem nerd, and I, sometimes I'll be back at my desk, and I'll, I'll find these really rare inclusions on a diamond. It doesn't make it more valuable. They're just yeah. really unusual to come across. A lot of times people will see black inside the diamond. That's, mm -hmm. that's probably the most one of the most common okay. reflects of black. And some people will call those carbon spots. Okay. It's not carbon. Actually, I believe it's graphite Okay, because they say that, well, it makes, makes sense. It can't be carbon because if it was carbon, it would have just melted into the, the diamond through the formation. The whole thing is carbon. Also diamonds can have other minerals trapped on the inside of them. And that's really where it becomes like from a scientific or a, a gem nerd point of view, it becomes very interesting because yes. There are not very many other minerals that could survive the growth process of a diamond. Okay. Uh, the most common of which would be garnet and uh, olivine, which is uh, more commonly known as peridot, kunzite sometimes. All right. So, so if, if it's in, stuff inside the diamond, mm -hmm. I, my, I guess my instinct would be to think that that's bad, yep. that that somehow is not a, a good thing. But when you just told me that sometimes it's a diamond inside of another diamond, I was like, well, that's kind of neat, actually. Yeah. Like, it, it like just, how do you... Like, unfortunately, I'm with you. I have always felt like a, a cool inclusion should add rarity, should add value, because yeah. it adds to the cool story. And they're actually very unusual. Um, so for the most part, yes, to your point, uh, is something trapped in it, I would think that that's bad. Yeah, it really is. The more... It, it makes it less rare. But, so, okay. you know, it, it still will affect the grade in a, in a negative way. Okay. Does that make yes, sense? It's it not that it's bad, but it still will add to the, to the inclusion regardless of, of what it is. Gotcha. So inclusions are, are, are graded on uh, the placement of the inclusion, how large it is, and what the relief is. Is it like three-dimensional? Right. Or uh, sometimes you can have an inclusion placed down near the culet of the stone, which is the point of the diamond. And sometimes that can what? The second? The culet? culet. Okay. Yeah. We'll, talk, we'll talk about point? that. Okay. Yeah, it usually comes to a point. Okay. And so if that's down low, if you get a, a, a black spot on the inside of the diamond, that can actually reflect around the mm. diamond, like a house of mirrors, right? Yeah. Like, and it can look it can look like mini inclusions when it's only one. Huh. Interesting. So okay. when we talk about this, all these things stand for something, right? Like I always tell people flawless right away. You can mm. almost take flawless off the table. Very rare. So so rare you never see it. So rare it would belong in a museum. Because <laughs> okay. flawless means that gotcha. the diamond is uh, has nothing externally, no blemishes. Okay. That's what we call blemishes on the surface of the diamond, or it has no internal inclusion. So it has neither. Okay. 
Uh, so therefore, you would take a flawless diamond, you would put it into a diamond ring, mm-hmm. and somebody would wear it just living their life, and right. they might scratch it, they could chip it, and now you've lost an insane amount of value from huh. flawless to an internally flawless. Does that make oh, sense? it does. Because okay. now you've damaged the surface yep. of the diamond. Gotcha. Um, VVS1 mm-hmm. stands for very, very slightly included. Okay. And then there's VVS2. The one is always Very, very slightly. Very, very. They just added another very? They yeah. couldn't come up with another word for that? And then you have VS1 and VS2, very slightly included. And then you have SI1, SI2. And then you have what we call the included range, which is I1, I2, and I3. Typically, what you're going to find at Jack Lewis is I find that most people don't like to pay for things in diamonds that they don't see. Meaning, if I show show you a diamond that has an inclusion that you can see with your naked eye, you might be willing to buy one that you can't see the inclusion with your naked eye because that might bother you. Right. Yep. For some people, maybe they're not bothered that because if it's a round diamond, maybe it's around the perimeter of the stone. Right. The client can have that covered with a prong. They'll probably never see it when they're wearing mm-hmm. it on a day-to-day basis on their finger. Gotcha. So it can be clarity affects price more than any other characteristic, sometimes more really? than weight. Really? Yes. Because it's, it's far rarer. I genuinely didn't know that. Yeah, I, I assumed it was cut, actually. But. Well, what you think is, like, right, most people, because it's America, so people will come in and they think, it's America. And so people will come in and they'll say, I need a GH color and I need a VS2 because they take the middle of both scales and they think, well, I'll just get the middle. I don't need to yeah. go top, top, and I don't want to go too right. far down. But the middle of the clarity scale is not the same thing as the middle of the color scale. It affects okay. price much more to be in that VS range than it does to be in the higher color. Range. Okay. Hmm. Understand? Yeah. So typically what we'll find now, if I put a VVS1 next to a properly graded, that's important, SI1, And I I say to the client, what's the difference between those two diamonds? Yeah. Without magnification, you cannot tell the difference. Okay. Almost always. Right. So you won't until we get to the cash register and I say, this one is $2,000 more than this time. Depending on the way that that can happen. Yep. But it's like, oh, oh, I can get a bigger diamond and I don't necessarily need to pay for that. Uh, Remember, it's also important to note on clarity, we're only grading inclusions that we can see with 10 power magnification. So typically speaking, when we're buying, when Scott and I are buying diamonds for the store, we're in that VS2 to we really do like diamonds in the I1 range. Some people on paper or some things you're going to read are going to tell you to avoid those because you can see the inclusion with your naked eye. You can too on on some SI2s as well, but we typically like them. We buy ones that we consider good eye ones, meaning that the, the inclusion might be in a place where it can be covered up so somebody can wear that and enjoy okay. it and not be bothered by it. But it also can be, you can take a negative and turn it into a positive, right, too. It's also a way to always identify your diamond. You can always spot it by the inclusion inside that diamond. And that's what I was going to say, too. Like, so If we get back to the, the meaning uh, stuff of why I'm buying this, part of the thing that could be neat is that I've got a diamond that's got a unique little fingerprint in it. Like yeah. It's almost like no other diamond in the world is going to have this neat little inclusion in the same place that it does. And so it almost amplifies the the rarity of it even more to me, right. not in terms of the rarity of a diamonds in general, but it might mean more to me to know that there's something special in there that that's not in any other diamond anywhere because inclusions are the unique. inclusion is part of what tells the story of that diamond. Yeah. Right. The inclusion right. tells that story of how it was formed in the earth. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's, I mean, yeah. and like how cool is it? Which is kind of cool. Yeah. We tell, we celebrate love with, Things that were formed a billion years ago in the mantle of the earth. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's it's incredible. Okay. So uh, with the color and the clarity, like what you've told me right now as a customer, does it, it seems like you're finding ways to 
save me money? Is that is that fair? Like finding yes. places I can maybe not prioritize as much as what I assume is some of the other the two other C's. What we're doing is two. What we're doing is twofold. Okay. What I'll, what I'll tell clients at the counter, since you are one, yes, I am. is you should. What's my philosophy with diamonds? I'm a hot lead, and then I'm gonna buy a buy a big stone. Gonna ring these babies up when we're done. <laughs> what you should do when you're buying a diamond is you should spend your money where it makes sense. Yes, but most importantly, you should save your money where it makes sense. Okay, and that's the color clarity part, that, in your opinion, like that's the way the you color do and clarity. Okay, side of things, and and okay, so how can we mask mediocre to lower color and clarity? Right. I'm glad you asked, John. I did ask that. Because that is the most important category that's for that. Hey there, thanks for hearing us out. If this episode generated any thoughts or questions, reach out. Email cartercast at jacklewisjewelers.com or search for Jack Lewis Jewelers on your favorite social media platform and message us there. Next time on the CarterCast, you'll hear the rest of our conversation into the four C's as we talk about carrot and cut and why you're exactly wrong if you think carrot is more important. So don't miss the thrilling conclusion to see whether Carter's pitch is convincing enough to close me on the sale. For John Carter, I'm Josh, and this is the CarterCast, a production of Joshua 1-9 on behalf of Jack Lewis Jewelers in Bloomington, Illinois, and online at jacklewisjewelers.com. Jack Lewis Jewelers.